All right. So we're going to dive into the word this morning. Buckle your seatbelts because I am feeling the fire of God right now. And I'm just like, I'm telling you, in fact, let me just go ahead and tell you, pull up uh, John 3, 8. I know it's totally not even in my notes, but this is a word I feel like I need to give all of you to start the message for today, okay? And uh, John chapter 3, verse 8 uh, is a very special scripture for me. In fact, this scripture and the term that I got from this really rocked the band Christafari immensely, so much so that they called their tour the wind-driven tour, all right, the wind-driven tour. Let me just talk to you real quick about the wind. The wind and the spirit are interchangeable words in the Greek, and it's the word pneuma. Oftentimes, God uses the word wind to define his spirit, okay? We were singing today, let the wind blow, and man, it was blowing. My hair was standing on it. It's just electric in here. There's so much expectation and hunger and thirst in this room. I think every single one of us realize we can't stay the same anymore. You can't stay the same. God's not going to let you stay the same. And you can't just get off the edge and live in the safe zone. We live in a day and age where we have to stand up boldly for Christ. And we have to for our children and for our nation. We care about our country. We care about the future of our children. But most importantly, we want to see lives transformed by the power of God. And if they don't get the wind blowing in their life, if you don't get the Holy Spirit activated in your life, you will stay the same. You can read your Bible all day long and be dead as a doornail. You've got to have the Holy Spirit actively moving in your life. You have to. It's the breath of God that breathes on top of his word. Every time, and I love the Bible. You should read the Bible every day. But if you don't get God's word breathing on top of the Bible, it won't make sense to you. I remember when I was following the Grateful Dead around the country, meditating on crystals and smoking big joints and getting high and wearing tie-dyes and meditating on crystals, and I'd have my Bible in one hand and a crystal on the other hand. And I'd open up my Bible, and I knew I was reading what Jesus said because it was in red. That's all I knew. And I would read scriptures three, four, five times in a row, and it'd be like reading Chinese. I didn't understand anything that I was reading because I didn't have the breath of God revealing it to me. Let me tell you, there's two ways to fly a kite. Two ways. You can run really fast, or you can catch the wind. And some of you have been running really fast, and you're tired and you're wore out, and you're frustrated, you're anxious, you're not rested, you're nervous. Some of you got a man-pleasing thing all over you, social anxiety, worry, doubt, the things you're seeing in the world's killing you. And the best thing that you can do is just bring it to the light and get in the wind. Because without the Holy Spirit, leading your life and you hearing the sound. You got to hear the sound. There's a clarion call going out this morning out of my mouth, out of the dancers, out of the worship. God is speaking loudly. That's why Jesus said so many times, let those who have ears to hear, hear. We all have ears, but not everybody hears. But if I have my way and God has his way, you're going to hear and when you hear, it changes you. When you hear, it shifts your life. 
and the Holy Spirit begins to lead you and blow you where you're supposed to go and in what you're supposed to do. You can't do this in your own strength. You can't do this on your own. And at some point you have to say, I'm tired. I'm tired of doing this on my own. There's gotta be more. And if you've ever said there's gotta be more, you're in the right house. We believe in the supernatural power of God. We believe in lightning strikes, the good kind, not the kind where the roof falls in. I know some of you are like, if I walk in that church, the lightning's gonna strike and the roof's gonna fall in. Trust me, if that was gonna happen, it happened long before you got here. It's electric. The Lord is electric. He's full of power. In Ephesians 1, Paul prays a prayer where he says, my prayer is that the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened and that you would understand the very power that's coming at you. It's coming at you. Say it, it's coming at me. And it's the same power that rose Christ from the dead. That same power that God wants to put in your life is the same power that rose Christ from the dead. And Paul would pray that for the church. That's my prayer for you. Receive the power of God. Change. Let God change. You can't change yourself. You can't do it on your own. When will you finally, when will it get through your hard head? You cannot do it on your own. You can run. But you can't hide. God loves you. He's coming after you. So the wind blows wherever it wants to blow. We don't control the wind. But you hear the sound and you wonder, where's that coming from? Some of you walked in and went, whoa. I mean, that's the way it is for me every time. Because there's a spiritual atmosphere. It's one like happened on the day of Pentecost. On the day of Pentecost, 120 were gathered in the upper room and they were all in one accord. They were praying. And the sound of a mighty rushing wind filled the room. And tongues of fire. Why tongues of fire? Because it gives you a new language. Instead of complaining, some of us are so, some of you are so apathetic about what's happening in the world. And it's ho-hum, gloom, glum. It's like bad, everything's bad. The truth is, is you're the light of the world and God created you for such. If you are breathing and hearing the sound of my voice, you got a purpose on you to do something great for the kingdom of God. Come on, you should be fired up. Some of you got a, a wrong perspective of who God is and what church life is like. And I don't know where you got that from. Maybe your past, maybe your childhood, religious systems. The kingdom of God's not a religious system. It's designed to be a family where you can be yourself even when it's messy and you're loved. Don't think that we don't see some of y'all's Facebook posts and we still love you the same. God sees everything. And so the wind blows and you hear the sound, but you have to catch the wind. Say, I have to catch the wind. Aren't you tired of doing it in your own strength? The day that I finally surrendered all and gave up all my angles and working things and trying to please people and make deals and work, work the system to get the favor with God is the day that my life was finally set free and my life bloomed and blossomed. It's the day that the light dawned in my heart. And the scripture comes from Matthew chapter 4, verse 16. The people that sat or walked in darkness, to them, the light has dawned. It's the dawning light. 
And every one of us needs dawning light. It's what happened on the morning that Jesus was resurrected today. Listen to the beginning of each four of the gospels, how they start. Matthew 28, verse one. Now, after the Sabbath, as the first day of the week began to dawn, Mark chapter 16, verse two. Very early in the morning on the first day of the week, they came to the tomb when the sun had risen. Luke 24, one. Now on the first day of the week, very early in the morning. John 20, verse one. Now the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb early while it was still dark and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. There's something about dawning light. There's something about God enlightening your eyes so that you can see. I once was blind. The question is, what darkness is hiding in your heart? Because most of the time, you don't see it. Now, there's some things that are obvious, right? It's like obvious things. For some of you, it can be very obvious about the issues in your life. But it's the unobvious ones that are the most deceptive. Judgments against other people. Bitterness. Unforgiveness. Vows and judgments. Fear and worry. Self-preservation. Protecting ourselves from one another and from God. Those are the most deceptive. Because they, they hide deep, 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 deep down. And God wants to dawn light into that place. That's the place of, that's the understanding of sitting in darkness. Because many of us would probably say, well, I'm not sitting in darkness. And the minute that you say I'm good is the minute that you fall into the deception. I tell people all the time. I've run into people everywhere I go. And I've learned one of the best ways for me to, to witness to somebody is to just say, hey, can I pray for you? Because I now invite God in his presence, and most people will accept prayer. And then as I pray for them and the presence of God comes, I begin to prophesy and I speak life to them. And light that's in me begins to shine into them. And they don't even realize that they need it, but they go, man, what just happened? Because remember, when you're blind or sitting in darkness, you can't see. Do any of you feel like I can't see? How many of you are wondering what's going to happen to our country, or our nation, or our future? Many of you aren't even worried about that. You're just trying to make it till tomorrow. You're trying to get one good night's sleep. I understand that. You're trying to make it to the next paycheck. I've been there. Fear, worry, doubt, anxiety, these all come against all of us, but God's given you tools. First off, he's given you the win, and second of all, he's alive. He's not dead. So if he rose from the dead, then the light has now dawned. Look at the scripture again, Matthew 4, 16. In fact, if you study out this prophecy from Isaiah 62, the, pr the promise of the light was to the Gentiles. To the Sea of Galilee, the land of the Gentiles. Did you know that area, the region that Jesus went to, Capernaum, was called the, the land of the Gentiles? So this is for us. The key is, what areas of darkness are hidden in my heart and in your heart that God wants to shine his light on? Isn't this so good just to talk about? At some point, you take off the religious mask and you be authentic. At some point, we don't pretend in church anymore. I hate pretending in church. Just stick around. You'll figure that out real fast here. Don't you want authenticity and genuine transparency and a place of discipleship and a place where after you surrender all, there's care and love and community and friendship and a house of God that's pure 
where we can all say, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go up to the house of the Lord so that we could freely worship without inhibition. And the devil always tries to come in and say, yeah, but this and that, and they're this and they're that, and the church says, tell the devil to shut up. He's already defeated. You know, in fact, I know I'm all over the, just roll with me today. Every, I, don't, I don't have time to preach a nice canned message. In Efe- I'm going to go back to Ephesians 1. I've been medit- God woke me up with Ephesians 1 on my mind today. And it says that when Jesus rose from the dead, he went far above. Everybody say far above. Far way, above. way, way above. Way. Above what? Every demonic, deceptive principality and liar that accuses you to keep you back from the goodness of God and who you were created to be, this is the good news. You know when the good news is really good news? When you have a lot of really bad news going on. If you got bad news today, then I got great news for you. First off, it's not that bad. Somebody's always got it worse. Mark my words. And you're in the presence of God. Right now, you're in the presence of God. If you're sitting here or watching online, you are underneath the presence of God. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. And the righteous, we're all safe. I love safety in the house of God. My favorite thing here is not the preaching. That would be vain if I said, I mean, it's pretty good preaching, but it's not my favorite thing. (laughs) My favorite thing is, for me, is the atmosphere of worship. It's, man. What dark area is sitting in your heart that God wants to shine his light on? Let me teach you a great word today. Some of you will name your kids after this word. Maybe your dog. I know we, look, we all like good names for our pets. I got a good, some good names for my pets, okay? But it's a Greek word, ana, tello. The first word, ana, is, means in the mist. It means with you. Jesus walks in the mist of the seven lampstands in Revelation. Don't think that Jesus doesn't walk in the midst of this fire of this church. It means in the midst. And the second word is tello. It's where we get the word telescope. But the real word of the mean, the, the real meaning of the word is not necessarily to see far away, it's to see the end. It's to see the finish line. It literally means the case is closed. And the word anatello means to arise. It means to ascend. Gosh, chill, just telling you, this is so cool. When Jesus rose, he anatelloed, but the deeper meaning of the word is the sun, like the sunlight giving light to nourish and feed the plants and the fruit of the field. So when Jesus rose up, he rose with a purpose. He said it was finished, but there was, he, it was finished on the cross, but there was still one more mighty act to happen, the resurrection. It was the Anatello. It was, now I'm in the mist and I'm ascending you. The best way to understand ascending is to understand the descent. He descended so that 
he could ascend. And how that works for us is many of us have a descended place. When you run really fast without catching the wind, you descend. You think you're catching the wind, but you're not. You're actually going spiraling downward. It's a slow fade. I love that song. It's a slow fade. And then one day you wake up and say, what happened? I used to be, or I wish I could have. Don't live in the world of I used to be. If you could have faded out, then there was something missing that God wanted to readjust so you could stay hot all the days of your life. Don't go back to that thing of, man, I wish I could be like I used to be. Because God's got an upgrade. He's got something better for you. Listen to this, what I wrote down for Anatella. It means dawn or dawning or spring or spring up to arise or cause to rise. It means to ascend from the descended place or the place of decline where you once crashed and now you get an upgrade from your downgrade. Let's say this together. Say, I need an upgrade upgrade. from my downgrade. downgrade. And you just got to be honest with yourself. Did you downshift? Did you downgrade? Did you settle for less? Did you settle for being a nice Christian? Because God doesn't want nice Christians. God wants an army, not an audience. And you know why so many people get disenfranchised with church? There's no power. There's no fire. There's no cross. And we stay in the downgrade. Just keep it downshifted. It doesn't take all that. Oh, yeah, it does take all that. Say, it don't take all that. And then say, yeah, it does take all that. But see, the devil doesn't want you in all that. He doesn't want you flamed on. He doesn't want you on fire. He doesn't want you praying in tongues. He doesn't want you baptized in the Holy Spirit. He doesn't want you casting out demons. He doesn't want you believing in dreams and visions. He doesn't want you filled with the Spirit. So we'll keep you nice and keep you in the downgrade. But Jesus, when he resurrected, it was an upgrade of power. It wasn't a nice little, it was supernatural turbo light, the ignition fighter jets of the NASA spaceship. I didn't know how to say it any other way. It just came out. (laughs) Are you getting my picture? It's catch the wind. It's let the light dawn in your heart. You need an upgrade from your downgrade, Ephesians 4, 9. Look at this to show you how biblical this point is. Some of you maybe never have seen it this way. Ephesians 4, 9. Now this, now this. He ascended. Okay, but what does that mean? It means he also first descended into the lower parts of the earth. He who descended is also the one who ascended far above all the heavens that he might fill all things. God wants to fill your life. He ascended for a purpose. He didn't ascend of a nice Easter Sunday morning once a year thing. God wants to invade your space. What are you holding back? He's far above the universe. He's not the universe. He created the universe. I used to worship the stars and crystals and go to the tarot card reader and look at the things to get words from the universe. I was a new ager. The universe speaks, but you know what it says? It declares the glory of God, Psalm 118. Look, day unto day utter speech. Man, I'm just gonna go here with this. You're gonna like this. All the creation is crying out. And then the writer says, man, those stars, the universe. And then he thinks about us. And he goes, what is man that you are mindful of him? 
for you created him a little lower than the angels, but yet you crowned him. So the, the writer is thinking the stars and the universe. And then he thinks about man and how low he was created, but yet God raised him up. He ascended from the descended place. Even Jesus, after he was uh, crucified before today, the last three days, it was the last three days, he had descended, took the keys of death and hell in the grave and preached to those that were in prison. He descended and then he ascended. He descended from heaven and became a man so that we could understand who God is and how he loves and what he's like. And then we could understand that he has sympathy and compassion for you. The problem is when you're going through your thing is we often think God's not there. He's more concerned about China or Afghanistan or Ukraine or Russia. God cares. He's intimately, intricately, imminently involved in your everyday life. What is man that you are mindful of him? He put all things under our feet if you're the body of Christ. God loves you. I guess we forget about the whole Emmanuel thing at Christmas. We sing the songs, Emmanuel. Oh, come, oh, come. Thank you. Thank you. You don't want to hear me say it. be bad. God with us. The God that never leaves you. We leave him. He doesn't leave us. In fact, he keeps chasing because the wind keeps blowing. He wants you. He loves you. He cares for you. Isaiah 55 the life of Christ. Those that have no money, have no, come and buy. Come and, you don't, who don't have anything to give, who are empty and alone, you can come to him and buy wine and milk and bread, which is spiritual sustenance to fuel your life so that you'll never stay the same. God loves you. Seek the Lord while he may be. He can be found right now. You just gotta say yes. The, the most incredible prayer I ever prayed, I went right through the eye of Hurricane Andrew in 1992. I was buried alive in the house with water up to my neck. My little five, four foot nine tall Greek mother was so terrified she had an accident in the water. It was disastrous. The house had caved in on top of us. And in that moment at my end when I thought I was gonna die, and I don't want any of y'all to be there, but some of you have been there. And I, I wanted to cry out to God so bad, but I didn't know him. I didn't know him. I didn't know who he was. I didn't know how he felt about me. And in that moment, in that season of my life where I lost everything, I was facing prison time for drugs, getting busted with LSD, going to a Grateful Dead concert. My life was about to fully come to an end as I knew it, and it needed to. Thank God, because I was going to hell in a bucket. It's a Grateful Dead song. <laughs> it really is yeah I don't recommend you listen to it yeah. and I prayed the most powerful prayer God if you're there I need you help you don't think God God knows that he knows the number of hairs on your head <clears throat> you don't even speak a word that he doesn't know it before you say it <clears throat> he's a best friend He's amazing. He's full of love. He's full of life. 1 Peter 3.18. For Christ also suffered once for sins, the just for the unjust. You just got to say, man, I've been unjust, so Christ took it for you. 
This is the great news of the gospel. He did what you could never do. You can't do it on your own ever, ever, ever. Stop, please, please. You cannot do it in your own strength. Surrender everything to Jesus and get lordship and learn about his love and his goodness. This isn't about being a good Sunday morning Christian churchgoer. This is about being a flamed on son and daughter for the king. Time is short, friends. Time is short. We got kids and little eyes and generations and a nation in flames and divided. You know what God's answer to this nation is? It's not the next president. I know some of y'all are saying, who's, who's going to run for the Republican Party? Who's going to be the next president? Where'd Trump go? Where this? Let me tell you, Trump's not the answer, and no man is the answer. Jesus Christ is the answer, and the body of Christ on earth is the answer. <laughs> clap it like you mean it, at least. I'm kidding. <laughs> Little golf claps. <laughs> Why did Christ suffer? 1 Peter 3.18, that he might bring you and me, us. It's us. Everybody say us. We're in it together. I need him as much. I'm as, I'm as desperate or more desperate than anybody. I'm as broken as anybody. I'm in desperate need of a savior. I can't do this. I can't carry the weight. I can't go through this life with all the pressures and challenges on my own, and neither can you. I need you. You need me. We need each other. But most of all, we all need Jesus. And can you imagine an army, a body flamed on? I had a vision in worship. It was a Braveheart vision. On the banner song, his banner lifted high. And I saw the tails of the, of the banner, and the banner was like 200 feet long, and there was a vast expanse of a militant army, and it was people just like you. It was a ragtag crew of a bunch of messed up outcasts. You know who followed King David into the wilderness? It wasn't all the pretty religious ones. So you don't have to be pretty religious. You just have to be authentic and broken. The sacrifice of God's a broken heart, not an all fixed up, dolled up person. Now y'all look nice. That's not what I'm talking about. You look very pretty today. Many of you look so, so nice. I'm talking about what's on the inside, the posture of the heart. He wanted to bring us to God and put to death in the, and he was put to death in the flesh, but made alive by the spirit. It's the same for us. Death in the flesh, descend, alive in the spirit, ascend. And some of you have gone to a real dark place and I'm gonna pray for you right now, but I'm gonna leave you with this scripture. Back to Matthew 4, 16. The people who sat in darkness, will you please be honest with yourself? I've been sitting in darkness. And you say, well, it's not that bad. Bad is relevant. Let's not define it by that. We're not eating from that tree. There's shame, worry, fear, doubt, nightmares, some of you guys really have lost the joy of your salvation or the joy of the Lord. The kingdom of God's not eating and drinking. It's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Get in the Holy Ghost. Pray in tongues and get in the spirit and don't discount it. It's for everybody. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Where did we get so religious? We're questioning. I'll, give you, I'll go toe-to-toe with any theologian about the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. That's for today. It's for now. 
It's not for some and for someone else. It's like, man, he's better than I am. God doesn't do eeny, meeny, miny, moe. Catch a tiger by the toe. He doesn't pull the daisies. He loves me. He loves me not. Please let it be. He loves me. He loves me. He loves me not. God doesn't live in that world. He loves you no matter what. Romans 5. He loves me. He loves me. Romans 5. While you were yet sinners, hope does not disappoint. Suffering leads to perseverance. Perseverance leads to character. Character leads to hope. Hope does not disappoint because why? Because the love of God was shed, spread, cast out like a cast net. God cast his net and you were his little mullet. Or piggy purse. I don't know, whatever you want to be. Maybe that's a bad analogy. (laughs) God catches you because he loves you. He loves you because he loves you. But look at this. Upon them, the light is dawn. But look at verse 17. This is what I really want to show you this morning. Matthew 4, 17. Because the light has shined, because of that darkness, Jesus preached a message. And here's the message. This is the first message Jesus ever preached, by the way. What, if you wanted to know, what's the number one thing Jesus had to say? Repent's not just to say, I'm sorry. Repent means to change the way that you think. The first thing that he dealt with was dawning light in your mind because the mind gets darkened. So he comes and says, stop letting your intellect lead you. He reversed the curse of the intellect. He died on Calvary, skull. Golgotha, skull. On a dead tree with thorns in his head, with a purple robe. He looked like a thistle. He reversed the curse from the garden. This is awesome. God's got the best plan for you, your marriage, your future. The devil's a liar. Social media can be a liar. Comparison is a liar. You are a flamed on army. And I saw the banner over us and it said, perfect love, the bride of Christ. And it was an army. It was an army like an expansive army I couldn't see from the east to the west how big it was and the wind was blowing and God was on the move and you were in it I can't go with you at home today I got my own stuff to work through I got little kids I got situations who doesn't but Jesus can go home with you because something has to happen in that, in that midnight hour, in that dark place, something has to happen. And that's Jesus meeting you. Take him home with you today. Let's all stand. I'd like to ask my prayer partners to come up, my ministry team. Prayer partners, ministry team. Please, quickly. Today, as they come, if you have not given your life to Jesus, can I just say this before you go? There is no better day to rededicate your life to Christ than today. And if you don't know Jesus or you've been kind of lukewarm, if you've been lukewarm and you know what that means, like there's no fire, I'm not hot, I'm not cold. If you've been a nice Christian, come up here and let somebody pray for you. 
My challenge to you is to surrender your life to Jesus today and don't take that home. Don't go home with those nightmares and the fears and the worries. Don't go home with the pain and the shame. Don't go home sitting in darkness. The call has gone out. If you need Jesus, come up and let somebody pray for you. Matthew 18, where two or more come together, it's the touching and agreeing. He is there and in the mist. He's in the mist. He's the Anna. He's the Anna. He's in the mist. So if you've slid back, you don't know Jesus, you want somebody to agree with you for prayer for healing, prayer partners are up here, left to right. I invite you to come up right now. Come on, make your way up to the front. And I'm going to pray for you and dismiss you. God, I thank you so much for this church. Thank you for resurrecting the sun, Jesus the sun, rising on a tello in our life to give life to the garden of our heart. I pray hope, peace, health, strength, and that you never be the same again. In Jesus' name, amen. I love you all so much. Have an awesome day. Come up if you'd like prayer. Come up if you want somebody to pray for you, and we'll see you guys Wednesday.